At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. The sweet fruits of victory. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I am Joe Cardosi, joined by the indomitable. Jim Eichenhofer and uh, Jim, uh, you know, I got to say it is uh, I'm going to call it sweet fruits of victory Friday because the Pelicans won against the Trailblazers. Couldn't think of a more needed win. We we hollered about it ourselves on the podcast and we did it. And now onward, my friend. Yes, indeed. It, yeah, it was it was a great win. I mean, it, it kind of reminded me, made me think a little bit about one of the things that I've learned from being here for quite some time is how long the season is. Yeah. I mean, you go into that game thinking they've lost four games in a row. Things are looking really bleak, but really sometimes just one win can change the whole scope of the season. The yeah, whole my perspective, the whole mood now. is different. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, I mean, it's not like, okay, they just won that game and they're good now. They need to keep winning, yes. yeah. but that was, that was massive to be able to get that win. It, to me, it did feel a little bit like a relief of like, okay, everybody take a deep breath. Yeah. Your top two guys had great games. You got a bunch of good contributions from players that you know can do well, that some of them maybe either haven't been playing that much lately or when they have played have had kind of a a, a slump. So all great across the board. Um, To come through in the fourth quarter like that was also huge. And just to get a road win against anyone was was quality stuff. Just being able to hear a good graph dagger. Having the dagger faced outward instead of inward was just beautiful. Yes. And uh, yes. and I can't say that I enjoyed much of the game as as well as BI was playing and and, and CJ McCollum when you know quietly had 24 points of his own. It was just no time to exhale. I just was so uh, you know, because I think in the third quarter, though, the Pelicans were still trailing going mm-hmm. into that one. Yep. And uh, it was still, you know, Damian Lillard is still Damian Lillard. He was still got, you know, 40 points of his own or 41 points mm-hmm. of his own. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just could not relax until I think in the final couple minutes when the Pelicans were like comfortably leading. Yes. And, you know, 
Uh, B.I. was able to, to sit on the bench while the Pelicans kept the lead. I was able to go, I think I believe we're going to do it now. Yes. And, uh, and now, whoo, I'm looking at the schedule. Okay, the Warriors back-to-back. They're coming off a of back-to-back. They got no Steph Curry going to be tough, but I think the Pelicans are going to be scrappy. Kings, uh, we smacked them in the mouth before, but they're feeling themselves. Both of those are going to be on the road. But then you got the Mavs, who seem like they're having trouble figuring it out. They don't scare me anymore. Thunder, who you should be able to take. Uh, the Trailblazers, let's hope we can keep them in their place again. The Lakers, minus LeBron. Uh, so, and you don't know what they're going to look like at that point. Then you got the Rockets twice. You got the Spurs, the Hornets. Jim, I see a juicy buffet in front of me all of a sudden. Wow. I, I know I don't want to, you know, start counting wins. We've learned mm-hmm. our lesson there, but sure. You know, after that Portland win against a tough opponent that's nipping, nipping at your heels, I, I I feel better. Yeah, and I'm curious to see um, what Golden State looks like tonight. I mean, it's so odd that this is the third time the Pelicans have played them, and this is the third time that this is the second night of a back-to-back for the yeah. Warriors. Now, they early in the season, they always sat Clay Thompson in back-to-backs. They sat Draymond and a couple other guys in some of their back-to-backs, including the ones that they played here in the Smoothie King Center. That hasn't been the case lately. They they have been using those guys both nights, so I'm expecting that we'll see them. Um, but I, I am curious, though, to to wonder if, you know, maybe that they will have a guy on their injury report that they submit this afternoon that's not going to play. We kind of have to wait. It's a 3 o'clock central deadline before they submit that. Yeah, we're recording this early, so, you and, know, we're not oracles as much <laughs> as we like to say Jim is one. <laughs> So we'll see what we'll see what happens. I mean, Andrew Wiggins has been out for them for a while for personal reasons as well, and he didn't play last night. Um, so I'm assuming that he's probably still going to be sidelined. But um, it's interesting. They I tweeted this this morning. They're 11 and three at home this year when Curry doesn't play, which is so impressive to me. Yeah, like, that they're what's able, that like? Yeah, I mean to be able to have that kind of record. They've been horrible on the road. I mean, there's no there's yeah. no two ways about it. I mean. They've just been bad, yeah. regardless of who's been on the court. They're two and nine when on the road when Curry doesn't play, but they've been able to beat a bunch of good teams at home. So I don't think anyone, even when Curry isn't playing, is going into the Chase Center saying like, "Eh, we can just show up yeah, and juicy win matchup. this game." I mean, this is gonna be this is gonna be a tough one. I will say this is the toughest one in this stretch as I look at it. I mean, the Kings are higher seeded, but when I look at the Warriors, Kings, the Warriors still scare me more sure. than the Kings. Sure. And by the way, thank you to the Golden State Warriors for having it sounds like Curry's gonna come back Sunday against the Lakers. Yeah. I think that's excellent. I think that's excellent timing for him to beautiful return return to the court. Oh, absolutely. I've still been watching that uh dunk over AD's back uh just on a loop. Uh man, it was great to see Ingram get that forty burger. And uh Ingram's been just absolutely going off. His last ten games, he's averaging what, almost thirty points, twenty nine and a half mm-hmm. points, something like that. Yeah. And uh you gotta hope that he's gonna have it again. Uh, in Golden State. I mean, what are you looking at? You you had your five keys that you put out earlier today. Check it out at Jim underscore Eichenhofer on Twitter. He's always got the good info. Uh, but what are you looking for, you know, in terms of carryover from last game uh, to the Warriors? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the biggest thing, if they can carry over, that they had no turnovers in the second half of the game. But also, I mean, for B.I. and C.J. to have the kind of quality performances again tonight against the Warriors that they had Wednesday – would be big. Um, it's funny, if you look across the NBA, the scoring explosions that have been happening, 
B. Over the last ten games, Bi is seventh in among all players in scoring average. He's just under thirty points a game. So I mean, that's incredible that he's yeah. still at that level. And he's actually also almost at fifty forty ninety in terms of his field goal percentage is a little over fifty. His three point is slightly under forty, and his free throws are slightly under ninety. So I mean, the guy's not only scoring a ton, but it's not like he's taking a million shots to do it. Right. So, I mean, the guy's just been been awesome over the yeah. last couple of weeks. And we couldn't need it more now, uh, especially, you know, you look at the Pelicans and the Trailblazers, it looks like we might have a tangled web. As long as we can keep them underfoot, uh, you can hope that, you know, maybe they fall off and and sit there with the Lakers and whatnot. But, but man, they are just nipping at our heels, and, and we're going to play mm-hmm. them a bunch of times coming up. Uh, so you got to hope that we can continue just sort of putting them in their place, keeping them back there, and uh, and moving forward. Yeah, and I'm sure we're going to get into this maybe more next week, but the the tail end of the upcoming homestand is all three teams that are behind the Pelicans yeah. right now in the standings. Pelicans are 10th as we record this Friday morning. Um, 11, 12, 13 is Portland, Lakers, OKC, and they play all three of those teams in the homestand. So, I mean, this there's a bunch of opportunities to – just win the game. Don't worry about the scoreboard. Right. Just beat the other team that's playing in front of you. Yes. Add a gap to the the advantage that you have over them, which is exactly what the Pelicans did Wednesday by beating Portland. But as you said, so many opportunities for twofers as you look at the standings. You know, you, the Jazz are sitting right ahead of the, the Pelicans at nine, mm-hmm. and, and you never know what's going to happen there. T-Wolves at eight. Uh, you, you look at everyone ahead of the Pelicans, and and the thing is, uh, I you know I called six, or I'm going to b- grow the Alfred Payton hair. Uh, still going to do that. Still growing it out, uh, just in case. But uh, look, uh, Jazz, T Wolves, Clippers, Mavs, all sitting ahead of the Pelicans, uh, nine, eight, seven, six. And you know when I look at them and the Pelicans healthy with Zion about to be reevaluated. None of them instill fear in me, and I, I'm trying not to be cocky. I'm trying not to feel ourselves mm-hmm. too much, like after one win. But I still feel like the Pelicans, you know, with the dark times behind us. When you look at the schedule ahead, I feel pretty good, man. And over this recent stretch, among those teams that you listed, I mean, to be honest, none of them are playing that well. No, no one has really strung together a bunch of wins. If anything, among the group, especially the Mavs, right between the group of say between five and 13, I think the team that's actually playing the best right now is golden state with their, they've won a few games in a row and they're about to get Steph back. So, but yeah, among the teams that are just ahead of the Pelicans, no one has really been able to put together a seven and three stretch over 10 games or eight and two or something like that, where they would separate. And as a result, you have all of these teams just totally bunched together within a game or so. It just seems like one, two, three, four, that's pretty cemented. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then there's just this loosening right after that where who knows, you know, so uh, the Pelicans are in a juicy position. Hey, our guest today is Ali Cosell of the Bird Rights. He is always just an absolute ray of sunshine, and we needed that. We thought, we booked him, uh, to be honest, when things were a little dark. Hey, we might need Ali. Uh, Let's let's get uh, old Ali in here. Talk us down a little bit. Yes, yes, because we needed it. Uh, But then, hey, we won, and then all of a sudden, Ali just fits the mood. Uh, So, man, let's get to him. Mr. Ali Cosell of the Bird Rights, always glad to have him on the podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, the editor in chief of the Bird Rights. So glad to have him on in winning times, Mr. Ali Cosell. Ollie, how are you doing? Are you riding the high of the Portland wind still? Absolutely. I'm so happy the calendar flipped to March. I don't know about you guys, but that yeah. was a welcome sight after what happened in January and February. Undefeated in March, Jim. Undefeated in mm, March. So best far. team in the league in March so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Ali, uh, I mean, what were some of your biggest takeaways from that win? I mean, beyond just getting the win, it just seemed like it was a kind of a relief to, to get into the victory column. But, I mean, what... What were some of the things that you took away that made you feel the best as far as going forward these last uh, 20-ish games? Yeah, there were a lot of good positives, actually, Jim. But my, a couple of my favorites were, one, it seemed like the defense really found itself. It started playing with force again. And I noticed that Larry Nance, he joined a spaces. I don't know if you guys have heard. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, so he joined that and said that basically the Pelicans' their identity is – to really just play with force, right? To be so pesky and to be so annoying that you're the last team, if you're an opponent, that wants to play the Pelicans, right? So you never want to see them on the schedule. And I felt like that's what they got back to in that game against Portland to where I know Damian Lillard, he went up for 41 points. But, boy, he felt the pressure the entire game. Yeah, it's I mean, less than 71. Right. Yeah. CJ McCollum yeah. <laughs> picked him up full court to start the game, and that kind of set the tone. Um, a lot of other defenders rotated on him. They started double-teaming him in certain situations, denying him the ball. And so you weren't burned by his three-point ball or his playmaking. I mean, it's incredible. He had zero assists for the game. So you love wow. what the Pelicans did defensively and then offensively, right? They've been having so much trouble scoring points. And so you love that one, Brandon Ingram, who's been playing really well, right, since the start of uh, February. Yeah. But he really took his game seemingly yet to another level. And in the entire offense, they had six turnovers for the day. So that combined with, like I said, having your superstar really lead you, well, that was a nice recipe for success. But the Pelicans often utilized last season, right? And even this season, once Brandon started missing some games and it was just really Zion left with, you know, CJ was there as a compliment. But Pelicans play best when it's either Brandon or Zion leading them and then CJ can fill that secondary role. So 
like I said, there were so many positive guys. Loved it. And I think that maybe, you know, you hope that it can carry over. Interesting to see some of the rotations. I know it was injuries, you know, and, and like you said, it was interesting to see uh, the Pelicans be pesky without Jose Alvarado. Uh, one of the interesting rotations that I saw was Herb at the five. Uh, it almost seemed like the death lineup uh, for the Pelicans, that small ball lineup, especially with Nance out, having to get creative at the five position. Uh, it, it was interesting to see, and is that something that you think you know they can see some of those rotations going forward uh, since it was encouraging? Yes, absolutely, and it's something we've been talking about or hearing anyways um, across the fan base when you read other sites that going small is the way to go, and the Pelicans kind of have the versatility to be able to pull that off. And so when Jackson Hayes got in a little bit of foul trouble, was I think he picked up his fourth foul late in the third quarter. That That's when... Willie Green first decided to go to that small ball lineup. I think there was about a minute and some seconds left in that third quarter. And boy, I'll tell you what, that's when really the game changed, right? It was a close game up until that point. And then the Pelicans basically from that point onwards really outscored the Trailblazers, holding them defensively while they got their points. And a big part of that success can be, of course, pointed to going small. Herb, you know, we, we've seen him, right? He struggles shooting the outside shot. And even though I don't have personally an issue with him getting playing time because he does so many other positive things that you still wanted to find him a better role offensive, right? And that rather than standing in the corner. Mm -hmm. And so by doing that, having him at the five, it allowed him to start moving out there on the court more. Right. And and really talked about that, right. Put him in the pick and rolls, allowed him to drive, initiate right at times. That's something that Herb we've seen can do because he can handle the ball as well as play make. So, I loved it, and I think that Larry, who's probably going to be out, it seems like, for at least a little bit while longer, yeah. I hope that Willie goes to this, um, going playing small, because it, it certainly worked out for a team, because you're not always going to be able to play, right? A lot of opponents with the, your traditional bigs, whether it's with Giannis or Billy, you've just got to match up with what you basically need to do that night. So going small, I think that offers him a really good option moving forward. Yeah, I'm not sure how much this factored into it or how much this contributed to it, but Valley Sports New Orleans had a really good stat that I thought was interesting that the Pelicans, you mentioned, Ali, how they had only six turnovers in the game Wednesday against Portland. Valley Sports mentioned that they had zero turnovers in the second half, and that was the first time, according to them, since 2008 that the Pelicans had a half of any game where they had zero turnovers. So that was definitely a, a big positive and helped them, you know, get 121 points and get back into where the offense looks good. Um, Another thing, too, we talk about um, guys stepping in for other guys offensively all the time where, okay, this player's out, we need more points from this player, but it's not something that we bring up defensively too much. But you mentioned, Ali, how you know Larry Nance said in the Twitter spaces that the Pelicans need to be known for being aggressive and flying around on defense. I think it's a lot easier to do that when – they have Larry Nance on the court, yeah. as well as obviously Jose Alvarado is one of the most disruptive defensive players in the league. Yeah. So I thought it was great to see Jackson Hayes be able to fill some of, some of that role at center. Also, Jonas Valanciunas is out as well. So I think you need him to be that athletic big guy in that five. Um, you know, a lot of guards, a lot of opposing teams are going to attack some of the slower fives. They were kind of attacking Billy Hernan Gomez a little bit too because he's not – that comfortable, like out in space guarding. And then I thought CJ did a good job as well as maybe not doing exactly some of the stuff that Jose did, but I mean, you don't expect him to be picking up guys full court or picking up Lillard deep on the floor, but 
given that Lillard had 71 points and that he can make shots from half court, I thought that those were those are all really valuable things. And I mean, um, I know the Warriors don't have Curry tonight, but I mean, a lot of these similar traits that they brought to the court, I think Wednesday are going to come in huge in these next couple games on the road trip. Yeah, without a doubt. I love that CJ is the one that walked away with a win, right? Even though yeah, he yeah. scored maybe half as many points as uh, Damian. But I thought, it, yeah, you're right, Jim. Defensively, first, what, four, five, six possessions for Portland. CJ was on Dame. I guess what? Dame wasn't lighting him up. Um, Damian didn't really start getting into his scoring groove, it felt like, towards until more towards the second quarter and such. I think a big reason, like you just mentioned, McCollum, he said he set that tone. He said afterwards that's what he wanted to do, right? And, look, I think everybody had already come into this game amped up, wanting to get off the snide, right, get that win. And, of course, Portland, right, they're right there in the standings with you. So you've got to beat your opponents, especially the ones that are below you, keep them out of the you know playoff and the playing picture. So you love that. And, and Jackson, yeah, it seems like there's every season – Jackson has a stretch where he plays, you know, fantastic basketball. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping this is the start of, you know, in his fourth season where he can provide that for the team because he's really not been a factor for most of the season. And, yeah, in, in that game against Portland, I don't know how they win this, that game without him. Sure. He's got, of course, his usual um, – he's a great outlet for whether it's on rolls or just in transition to get you some easy buckets, right, where, you know – anybody can find him just throw it up near the rim he's going to go get it but i loved all the other things he did i mean having what what was that i think two steals two blocks and he had some big rebounds he's not known for rebounding but mm-hmm. he did take care of the glass in certain situations so if you can get that and, and i don't think he barely missed a shot from the field if you can get that from him that, that'll be huge moving forward especially in the absence of larry nance who like i said i think willie green grew impartial grew a little bit partial to because he just likes what Larry brought, right? The versatility mm-hmm. defensively. And you don't really have that with Billy or Jonas, as you said, Jim. But you do with Jackson. If Jackson's playing well, boy, that would be huge for this team moving forward. Cincy love, Jim. Cincinnati love. That's right. I mean, what did, what did you think of That's your, right, Moeller. That's right, Moeller love. Fellow Ohio guy. It's funny, I think, I mean, last season, obviously, he ended up being in the starting lineup the last couple months of the regular season and then the playoffs because Zion was out the whole year. Um, this year, or, or at least right now, I mean, Jonas Valanciunas is listed as doubtful to play against the Warriors. I mean, it might be a situation where really he has to step up now and deliver. I mean, he's just in a situation, I think, where, I mean, between he and Billy Hernan Gomez, I mean, maybe it's possible, though, that we will see a surge. I mean, were there certain things that you saw in the game Wednesday that made you think like, OK, maybe he's going to go through one of these stretches where he's a big contributor? Yeah, Jim, you've got to think that Jackson, right, he, he's got to be largely fresh, maybe the mm-hmm. freshest body outside of what, Kyra Lewis, and yeah. maybe just have one or two others on that Pelicans bench. So you've got that going for yourself if you're Jackson. But on top of that, he's now familiar, right, with all these teammates and his role on this team. This is Willie Green's second season. So he he's largely knows what he should be doing out there on the court. And I love the fact that, you know, he was out there switching as Larry Nance would have been switching. There was times when he ended up with Damian on Damian Lillard, 35 feet from the basket. And guess what? Dame didn't burn him for an easy bucket, especially a three. And he wasn't fouling him. That can, mm-hmm. sometimes has been one of Jackson's problems, right? Just yeah. like a few other younger guys on his team. You have a propensity to the foul because you're not in a perfect or a good position defensively. But there's none, none of those issues whatsoever. So seeing him be so focused 
I think that's that's where it makes me think that he, you know, you can probably pencil him in in uh, for at least the rest of this road trip or for however how long Jonas remains out because you need the body. And so a lot of times younger players, when they know they're going to be playing a certain night, they will bring a certain different energy and focus. And Jackson may be one of those players. It's interesting to see, you know, Jonas has just been absolutely worn down. We've seen him just become slower as he's, you know, become more plodding as his body's just sort of seeing all those, the result of all those minutes. And, And like you said, Jackson is a fresh body. He brings all that athleticism. And I think what was interesting to see is, is Pelicans fans trusting Jackson in those minutes. Uh, a lot of times Jackson would come in, and even though he author- offered athleticism and some spark, you'd see a, you know, a five-point swing because of, like you said, the foul trouble or just not understanding a defensive assignment. But seeing Jackson mm-hmm. lock in, uh, playing good defense, like you said, not getting burned, uh, it, it's just so encouraging, especially with you, you know the availability to play Herb at the five and play some of those small ball lineups. Uh, what do you see in terms of what we saw last game that we could maybe bring against the Warriors? They're coming off a of back-to-back, which is good news for the Pelicans. We'll take any advantage we can get. No Steph Curry, which is, again, uh, we'll take any advantage we can get as we got to chip away at these Warriors. Is there anything that you saw last game that you think might be clutch against these Warriors as we face them tonight? Yeah, I like how stylistically they're going to be able to match up, right? Where we saw um, Herb, Dyson, all all these rotation of defensive guards um, on Damian Lillard. They're going to be able to do the same thing to Klay Thompson, who since I think the calendar flipped to 2023 has been one of the best offensive players in the league. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's been shooting lights out. He's gotten his efficiency back, right? It, it took him a while after overcoming all those injuries he had, but yeah. it feels like it's happened for him this season. So you're going to have to be slowing down another, you know, big-time score. I think he's averaging close to 28 points per game since then. And, of course, there's another one, Jordan Poole. So it's almost, to me, like you've got Damian Lillard and Jeremiah Grant out there again because, look, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, they can score with the best of them. And so the Pelicans have the body to do that. And so I like that you can probably kind of take that same type of game plan, right? Where you're going to not, you're not, you're not going to let Clay Thompson beat you. So yeah. you're going to throw some different looks at him. You're going to pick him up full court at times if by chance he's bringing up the ball, but more so you're going to be looking to deny him the ball um, or throw some doubles at him. He doesn't have quite the athleticism and speed as Dame too, which is what I kind of like. And so he's got a little bit more girth and hype, but guess what? Pelicans have those bodies, right? Herb and Dyson in particular, so I like the matchup, and I'll tell you what, Jackson Hayes, um, he's probably going to fit into Willie's plans again because you're going to go up against Kevon Looney. You know, that's one thing Portland didn't have. They had Drew Eubanks as largely their only legitimate center. Right. He's more of a plotter, right? He, he's a slower guy, and he doesn't play above the rim, but Kevon Looney does, and, and he's been really class, crashing the glass fantastically for Golden State. So I'm, I'm a little bit worried about the second chance point. So that's where, like I said, I hope Jackson can carry over that energy to provide, you give you 10, 15 minutes. So whether Jonas plays or not, or when Billy's playing or, uh, or has to take a rest that you can fill and not get abused right on the glass. So that, that at yeah. times has been a problem for this team. Seems like during those two awful months of February and January, opponents found a lot of different ways to beat the Falcons. But one thing that stuck in my mind was whenever Jonas took a seat, Pelicans had major troubles corralling those defensive rebounds. Yeah. So, like I said, I think that the Pelicans now have a better idea of 
who's going to be on the court, and they're going to be able to utilize that small ball or with Jackson and make sure that the glass isn't an issue because it wasn't against Portland. They had a lot of athletes on the court, and those teams usually gave Pelicans trouble right on the glass in those two bad months, but they didn't against Portland. So, like I said, I like how it seems to fit that the, what the Pelicans are doing well or did well in that Portland game, that they'll be able to do the same things against Golden State, which kind of offers a similar type of uh, problem in terms of the two good players, right, yeah. play and Jordan Poole, and just the feistiness and energy they bring by playing those small ball lineups. Yeah, Ali, I mean, what you said about Clay Thompson, I think, is really good point, too. I mean, if you look at some of his games recently or over the last month or so, when they, especially when Curry hasn't played, there's teams that have gone into games trying to take him out and make it so that he doesn't, you know, score 40 points or 30 plus, and he's still been able to do it. So I'm curious to see if the Pelicans can try to limit him a little bit because, I mean, the Warriors have won a bunch of games, especially at home lately, where the main reason that they won was because Klay Thompson went crazy, even though the other team is devoting every possible effort they can defensively to make sure that that doesn't happen. So that'll definitely be important tonight. Ali, I wanted to kind of pull back kind of a broader topic. Um, just overall, I mean, I know you've been doing this for a while and you've been around the Pelicans uh, fan base for a while and just seen kind of the ups and downs and that kind of thing. I, I was wondering, you know, since you started doing this, what do you think are some of the biggest changes that you've seen or the biggest, you know, Im- improvements, upgrades that you've seen in terms of the f- increase, I guess is a better way to put it, in terms of of the fan base and the fan support. I mean, what are some of the biggest observations you've seen over the last bunch of years in terms of just the, maybe the increased popularity of the team in mm-hmm. the city and just um, kind of how much more ingrained the Pelicans have become? Yeah, there's without a doubt an explosion of the community in terms of just sheer numbers. I think they finally, a lot of fans either became attached to or just drawn to the team simply because they fell in love with multiple players, mm-hmm. right? I, it was shocking to me at just how, you know, awful the team got off to a start last season, but yet there was plenty of fans, and they seemed to be adding fans, despite, you know, the losses kept on piling up in the first, you know, six to eight weeks of the season. It's not something you see, right, where yeah. fans are talking about Jose Alvarado or what Herb Jones did, how excited they were about the future because they saw enough glimpses, but they also felt like they could relate right, to these players, because a lot of them offer that blue-collar type of attitude yeah. when they're out there on the court, those characteristics. So I, th- I think hand-in-hand, hand, that just makes for a perfect match. So it really, in hindsight, it's not shocking, right, that, like I said, the fan base, either groom population, or just became more enamored with the team. Because in past seasons, Jim, and you know this as well as anybody, it was hard to identify or, you know, j- just really just, I don't know, become so in tune with the, these, some of these additions of the teams we saw yeah. because either your stars were hurt, right, Anthony Davis, or they had lackluster seasons. But also the players weren't that available, right, to media. Now these guys are always interacting, right? Jose, Larry Nance with what he does all the time. That, that, that never happened in the past. And I know social media wasn't as big back then, but again, you just didn't feel a connection, right, to the, a lot of those players on the teams that were, you know, typically under Del Dempsey during the Del Demps regime. Yeah. And so that, that's a big problem, right? When, when you're not winning, you at least to have to have certain characteristics for the team to uh, offer the fans to where they can find that attachment. But it just wasn't there. So, Jim, yeah, it, it's been a wonderful sight. I mean, I know there were some winning seasons, right? 
Chris Paul um, had a couple of good seasons leading the team to the playoffs. Anthony Davis had a couple as well. But there was never, it never felt like there was any staying power. Um, and yeah. now I feel like there is. So regardless of whatever the uh, record is, I know there's going to be throngs of fans talking about this team and supporting them. And I, th- I think that's just going to continue. You couldn't have said it any better, Ollie, because that's the thing. It, you, you got the sense a lot of times, even when the Pelicans were winning, that a lot of these players were just rentals. They mm-hmm. weren't bought in, and, and New Orleanians specifically are very sensitive to that. If you don't want to be here, scram. Uh, and, and when they weren't available to the media, when their attitude wasn't you know, uh, very positive towards the city, you know, the, we felt that. And when you look at the Pelicans players now, they enjoy being here. They enjoy, mm-hmm. you know, interacting with the fans. Larry Nance hopping on a, a spaces uh, on Twitter is, is crazy. His little, the memes after the game, uh, you know, meeting these guys, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. They're not, uh, you know, you don't want to say jocks, but these are cool, funny, interesting guys who are fun to root for. Trey Murphy is hilarious. B.I. is in his own quiet way. Zion mm-hmm. is such a nice guy. There's not, a, there's not a man on the team that you want to root against. So no matter what their record, it just makes it so fun to watch. No matter what they're doing, I just think it's easy for New Orleanians specifically to look at them and be like, okay, they want to be here. I want them to be here. It just seems to go both ways. Yeah, I love that, Joe. I should have included that myself, but you're absolutely right. And further to your point, you just can see how much these players not only support one another, but just love each other, love spending time with one another. I mean, there's been a lot of post-game interviews done to where there's been two of them on the podium, and they can't stop either laughing or just, you know, interacting with one another, even though we're, we're lobbing questions at them. Yeah, They're always, like I said, together having fun, and we've heard plenty of stories about what they've done, whether, you know, certain guys taking out others for dinners um, to go in the movies to basically spending time all together. I mean, I won't forget when Billy Hernan Gomez told us last season, he couldn't even find, you know, an hour or two of being away from the guys uh, for his own personal time because they, even if they were in the same room, they were always asking, all right, where are you? It's time to play some video games, right? Mm-hmm. So they were just so, they've always been so connected these last two years. That's another thing I think that fans are drawn to, right? This team loves to play with each other, mm-hmm. with one another. And I think that just, you know, has to lure you in even more, right? It's not just a job for these guys. They're not just showing up. They're not, you know, seeming so impersonal, right? That's the vibe yeah. I used to get from some of the locker rooms yes. in the past. It was just very tough to connect emotionally with the, the players. Right, because they weren't connected amongst themselves. But that's completely different. That's, it's done a 180. It's funny to me if you if you look back at, say, the era five to seven years ago, how many players, and this is not, I to be clear, this is a lot of them, it's not their fault whatsoever, but how many guys just kind of passed through for a year or two, and this yeah. was like a bridge to wherever they were going next in their career. I think Julius Randle is a really good example of that, yeah. where he was here for one year. He's had a great time in Christian New York. Wood was here for a minute. I mean, yeah. there's a bunch of guys. Like. Um, Elf- and mm-hmm. Alfred Payton is a good example. He loves New Orleans. So this yeah. is not me mm-hmm. saying like, you know, oh, he was just passing through and didn't care about the city. It was just the way his career worked out. He yeah. had a he was a free agent. He signed here. It didn't end up working out long term. There were just a lot of guys that were kind of in a transitory position. And I feel feel like that that that's going away, which is a great thing in, in terms of... Yeah, they're building together. You're establishing these guys as known entities here. 
They're not just, you know, okay, well, this is the best I could do in free agency and we'll see what happens after the season. It's not like that at all now. The other thing too, I think, I mean, I've, I've thought about this a lot over the years, just, you know, people sometimes talk about, especially in places where they've had a ton of success, like, well, you know, if you make the playoffs as an eight seed or seven seed, who cares? Cause you're going to get knocked out anyways. I don't see it that way at all here because I think the consistency of making the playoffs year after year, They're learning how is, to win, it, it's worth its weight in gold to for the players and the roster themselves, but also just the fan base just to, we, there were so many years where there was a missed opportunity by not being in the playoffs. Even if it had mm-hmm. been a year, you know, in 2015, they made the playoffs, they got swept. It was brief. But that week makes a huge difference. Yeah. If all of that extra exposure and all that time for people to get excited about the team, there was, I mean, there's nothing I can do about it now. There's nothing any of us can do about it now. But I just feel like when you go back and look at it, there were so many um, things on the table that were missed as far yes. as just not being in the playoffs and the season's over when the regular season ends. So, I think that's another reason why, you know, making the playoffs this year is important and something that they can hugely build on to a big extent. Jim, I love that. And then, and, and I think a good comparison that I hope New Orleans follows in the footsteps of is the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Mm, yes. You know, when they entered the league, right, they were the Vancouver Grizzlies. I don't think when they were in Vancouver, they ever never made the playoffs. Right. Nobody ever paid attention, right, to mm-hmm. that team until they started winning, right? They got that was it that core of Zach Randolph, Mark Gasol, Mike Conley together. Mm-hmm. And suddenly they're in the playoffs every season. And I think because of that uh, history, that allowed for, you know, the team to draft a player like John Morant and for Job to want to stay there and play there. Yeah. And, and that includes a lot of other players, right, since that core split up. So I think you're absolutely right, Jim. It's invaluable for a team to enjoy some kind of string of success, especially when you're a fledgling organization in the NBA. And the Pelicans have not really – had that yet i think and yeah. i mean yeah yeah right guys the, i mean i'm the, trying to think of the longest stretch of where they made the playoffs I, in consecutive years what was it just two or three I think right it was yeah it was um 10 no oh eight and oh nine was the last time they've made the playoffs consecutively yeah but, but I, mean, I even think, when we made the playoffs it just seemed like found money you never right. had that sense of swagger and there was no traction yeah i think if you look at like the, the 2011 team was totally separate from the 15 team. The 15 yeah. team, to mm-hmm. a large degree, was totally separate they were all from the 18. Yeah. It wasn't like, okay, this is going in the same direction and this is a cohesive thing. Whereas I think this year, if they make the playoffs, you can say that 95% of something. the players yeah. are the same from the team that made the playoffs last year. So that's huge. Yeah, and the other thing we've got to point to, right, is just having homegrown talent. Yes. That was mm-hmm. the biggest knock I can remember. And I myself didn't really enjoy it, was the fact that, you're always trading away all your draft picks or not really taking enough chances on the really young guys. Yeah, for higher Right, players. or maybe just missing, right? I mean, they did, of course, draft a few. A lot of them didn't work out. But you've got to have some young guys that you bring in that, like I said, it seems like a lot of successful franchises, especially the smaller markets, they do go that route. So you do grow an attachment to guys that you know, you know are going to be in the city, right? Yeah. You're on a rookie contract, and usually, of course, almost all the time, they sign that second contract with the team that drafts them. So... Suddenly, we see the core, right? It's not just Zion, Brandon, and CJ, who, by the way, gave all their votes of confidence in this organization, right, by signing either extensions or or new contracts that signals they're going to want to be here for a very long time. But also, like I said, getting that homegrown talent. I mean, now it's awesome just to hear Jose all the time talking about how he doesn't see his career in any other uniform than in the Pelicans uniform. I don't remember players ever talking like that in the past. 
Absolutely. And it's just so inviting to see, you know, when, when a player like Josh Richardson, who is the one anomaly outside of, you know, players that are sort of here and, and together in the offseason, he just seemed to fit in uh, right away because they are so welcoming. And it is such a vibe of, hey, come join us. We are a squad together. Uh, it's just so great to see fans walking into the Smoothie King Center with a sense of swagger. They're they're holding their Zion jerseys up and, you know, shaking them at me and stuff. Whereas before, even in the playoff years, we, we were sort of happy to be there. It seemed like uh, people were just there to see a show. And now you see fans expecting to win. And that, to me, is fun to see, especially the young fans coming in. And let's hope we can keep it going, Ollie. I mean, we got a, a tough stretch here, but then you hope we can make some hay. And, uh, you know, we got we to gotta hope that the Pelicans can make that push down the stretch here. Only 19 games left, man. Let's go. Yeah, you're not kidding. I'm just so happy that they grabbed that first win on this three-game road yes. trip up in Portland. Like I said, if you're going to pick one team that you're going to just get that one win, it was against Portland. But now you feel like maybe you can build some momentum, yep. right? Warriors are going to be tough. Jim already mentioned, you know, Golden State's one of the best home teams out there in the, in the association. And right now they're playing pretty darn well, despite the fact they don't have Steph. Yeah. I mean, here's a stat I just heard the other day. Gold State is 18, what was it, 20 and 18 with Steph. They're 13 and 12 without him. So that just yeah. goes to show you can't really, you know, rest on your laurels just because Steph isn't playing. There's a really good team there, even though, you know, they're not playing that championship style caliber of ball from game to game, not like last season, but they can beat any team on any given night. And then, of course, the Kings. There's not a better story, I think, yeah. than light the beam crowd, right, in Sacramento. Yeah. They've wallowed you know in just miserable seasons it seems like right for eternity it's been 16 years right since they made the playoffs right and this season it's it, it almost seems like a lock right they're sitting in third place yeah, they're in the feeling West. themselves and, yeah yeah and i love it so those are going to be two difficult matchups but if you could just get maybe one steal one there then all of a sudden the schedule looks great guys mm-hmm. all of a sudden you've got what was that? i think four games Mads, at home Thunder, and then after that yeah. you've got two games in houston so you've got opportunities to suddenly stack together a whole bunch of wins if, if the Pelicans indeed have turned some some kind of corner in Portland. Yep, and let's hope. I mean, I think the Pelicans, if anything learned, there are no wins on paper anymore. After those losses to the Magic, <laughs> et cetera, yeah. they, they learned, especially shorthanded. They got to come out swinging, and you got to hope it continues. Ollie, thanks so much for hopping on the podcast. We needed some sunshine uh, in what were dark times. That win helped, but, man, you helped as well. And uh, always glad to have you on the pod, man. Oh, absolutely. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Big, huge thanks to Mr. Ali Cosell of the Bird Rights. Man, Ali is always great and, and just great stuff from him talking about how we can move forward after that Portland win and make some hay. I love that Steph is coming back against because, man, the West is uh, getting interesting, and uh, it's going to be a lot of interesting matchups that we keep our eye on here. For sure, and and I think Friday night is a good example of how we've talked a little bit about how there's so many teams in this group that inevitably some of them are going to play each other, which means that someone has to lose. So, I mean, if the Pelicans can put together some wins, they're gonna, going to automatically gain ground on Get someone. This is a good – Friday night, Minnesota plays at the Lakers. That's a huge game. Yeah. Um, Friday and Sunday in a two-game series, baseball style, Utah's at Oklahoma City. So there's another example of you either are going to, you know, possibly move ahead of Utah, who's slightly 
just in the settings or yeah. or just add more ground between you and OKC. I think the Thunder, by the way, on a side, they have to be a little bit concerned that if they keep losing like this, that they're going to be out of the race. And yeah. we'll, we'll be talking about 12 teams for 10 spots instead of 13. But either way, a um, lot of games that are going to be interesting to pay attention to this weekend. Another game tonight, too, Clippers at Sacramento. Just from the standpoint of the Clippers need to win. Yeah. They've lost a bunch of games in a row now. Yeah, who still believes in the Clippers and, as a real force right now? And they've it's not like they've played terrible, but they've just found a way in a lot of cases to lose the game. Um, last night they got smoked in the second half. Besides that, they've lost a, cl- a couple of close games. Um, but I wouldn't want to – at this point, I wouldn't want to be in a position of, like, we've lost a bunch of games in a row, we really need to win, and now we're going to Sacramento to play them. So yeah. I'm curious to see, you know, how that goes. And then Golden State, Lakers, we – alluded to this a little bit Sunday that that's yeah, should rubbing be a really my fun hands game together to watch like a well. raccoon, you know, about yeah. that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just so many scenarios, so many gymnarios. I'm going to keep trying to shoehorn <laughs> that in. It doesn't quite fit, but I'm going to do we'll, it. We'll work on that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, tonight's going to be an interesting one. 830 pregame, 9 p.m. tip, get caffeinated, stay up late. Uh, you know, you just got to hope the, the the Pelicans can, you know, as Ollie alluded to, you, you look at this stretch, Warriors, Kings, Mavs, Okay, that's, that's, that's pretty tough. Uh, you got to hope you can win one, maybe two of those. And then, boy, it looks juicy. Thunder. Trailblazers. Let's hope we can keep them in their place. Rockets twice. Spurs and Hornets. I feel good. Now it gets a little tougher after that. You got to hope you can, you know, sort of uh, win some games there. But, uh, man, I, I really feel like right now, I, I just, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just putting my bib on and just rubbing my hands together with my fork and knife too early, but it feels good, Jim. I I, th- I believe in the Pelicans it, again. It does, and hopefully we'll be saying the same thing Monday coming off a win against Golden State. I'm yeah. curious to see what uh, the Pelicans do in terms of lineups and if they can go back to some of the things that worked. Yeah, on interesting Wednesday against stuff Portland. we saw, yeah. Uh, the fourth quarter was great. Uh, they, they put Herb Jones at the five, and that was – a pretty instrumental part of the fourth quarter, just pulling away. They outscored Portland 31 to 19. I thought it was great too, to just see him in some different roles. Ollie alluded to this as well in the conversation with him that sometimes you, you're going to, you want to try to get him closer to the basket. Yeah. I think it's interesting too. If you think back to when he was in the draft and he was coming out and we didn't know that he was going to be coming to new Orleans, obviously, but people talked about how, he was really almost more of like a power forward in college. He also played some point guard. He's a good playmaker, yeah. good passer. But I think there were a lot of projections that people said, you know, he's going to be somebody that plays in the paint on offense. The thing about it, though, specifically with New Orleans, is that when you have the front court that they have, you have to put him in the backcourt. Right. That's how he ends up as the starting two guard because you have Ingram, you have Zion, you have Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah. You can't really say like, okay, we, I know we have all these guys, but you're going to play all your minutes at power forward or small forward. So, yeah. But it, in, in a situation where a couple guys are out, I think it's just a perfect opportunity to try different things with him and get him playing closer to the basket, maybe yeah. get him some more, more cuts for some layups and dunks and just using some of the other skills that he has offensively beyond just the jump shooting part of it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's been tough for him. You know, it's been tough for uh, to watch Herb on offense sometimes and just being able to utilize his skill set in a more effective way. He's so versatile. Uh, you know, he, he gives such hustle. that It's just uh, just finding ways for him to succeed on this team. Uh, I, I First of all, I got to say it's because of Herb Jones because, you know, he is Herb Jones and, and he's great, uh, Alabama. 
but also because of Ferb Jones. I got uh, the Ferb Jones mm. sticker from from uh, at Retro Pels on Twitter, and I've got it prominently displayed in the studio here. And uh, you know, after I put it up here. Herb Jones just flourished at the five. So let's just hope Herb can keep it going, man. Uh, I want another W. I'm feeling greedy. So let's go, man. Uh, 9 p.m. tip. Jim is going to be out in the street just dancing in front of Smoothie King Center. I know it's an away game, but he's trying to keep us hype, and we appreciate that. I didn't realize that that was my plan tonight, but now yeah. that you have me on yeah, that, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start working on my uh, dance moves and yeah. my steps. Yeah, you don't want to come to step to Jimothy. He will stomp the yard on you. Uh, and we are the Pelicans Podcast, presented by SeatGeek. Thank you so much for joining us. Big thanks to Ali Cosell for hopping on. Big thanks to you for listening. We are everywhere iHeart Podcasts are. Spotify, iTunes, tell your friends and pals. And follow us on Twitter, at Podcast Pelicans. We love interaction. We'd love to hear from you. We will talk to you once again on Monday, hopefully talking about another dub, yeah? And until then... Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Sweet. Fruits. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.